Hello and welcome to another episode of Experience Football with Samir. Did Messi deserve to win the Ballon d'Or? Carrick is leaving Manchester United. Contest Tottenham looked better. How much longer can Benitez stay at Everton and more? There was a lot of debate over the last few days. Who deserved to win the Ballon d'Or more? Messi or Lewandowski? The Messi is the best player in the world and there is no debate about that. But if you look this season, and obviously the last season, but they are not taking that into consideration, Lewandowski was probably the better choice, because he had more goals. If we look at the trophies, he managed to win the Bundesliga. Messi didn't do anything with Barcelona. So what was the reasoning behind giving Messi the points instead of Lewandowski? And another strong candidate for a lot of people was Jorginho. And obviously we're not gonna compare Jorginho in the same way as we do these two, because he's not gonna score as much or have necessarily assist because he's playing as holding midfield players for Chelsea, but he had a great season. He won Champions League, he won European Championship with his national team. But if you really take a closer look, can we look at him as third best player in the world? I don't think so. I wouldn't even look at him as third best midfield player in the world. So, But Lewandowski was probably right. And we have to decide what we take in consideration when we give those points for a Ballon d'Or winner. Are personal stats more important? Or do we want player from the team that wins Champions League? European Championship domestic competitions. Pedri won an award for the best young player in the world. And that was completely deserved. I just hate that both Common and Spain national teams wanted to play him so much because he cannot get rid of his injuries at the moment. And award for the best goalkeeper in the world won the player that is not even playing at his team at the moment and that was Donnarumma and he's still struggling to be the first option for Paris Saint-Germain because Navas is doing what he did when he was in Real Madrid and he will probably keep doing it. He is not giving his place that easily. He is a good goalkeeper, probably top five goalkeepers in the world over the last few years. But let's go now to the Premier League. And the first thing I want to talk about is Manchester United and Michael Carrick. He was in charge against Villarreal, Chelsea and Arsenal. And he did his job. He didn't lose any of those games. They won all three points against Villarreal and Arsenal. And they won such a big point against Chelsea. When we look at their formation against Chelsea, they obviously looked like a team that's scared, that's, that's only there to win one point at best. Because they played with three holding midfield players and with Bruno Fernandes, Sancho and Rashford in front of them. So basically Bruno was supposed to be that link that will try and organize something in the counter-attack for Sancho or Rashford. And they were so lucky because they had one opportunity in the first 70 minutes and they use it but that was 
just because Jorginho made a huge mistake. He was the last defensive player and he tried to control hard ball and lost it. Sancho took it and scored. And even though he scored, he risked so much because both him and Marcus Rashford were in that counter attack and they were going two against one against Mendy and Sancho only had goal in his mind. But he managed to tick Mendy that he will pass the ball and eventually score. Chelsea was better player team in that game. They had a lot of chances. They had so many corner kicks. Hudson Odai had big chance. Few of the other players had them as well. But the half was on fire during that game. Mount, Havertz and Polish started that game from the bench. As did Romelu Lukaku, but he is he was recently injured, so we're not gonna mention him. But the question is, with Hudson Odai, Christian Polish, Mount, Havertz, Ziyech, how can they decide who's gonna play in the game? Especially if Timo Werner is not playing as a striker when he gets a chance. They cannot keep rotating all of those players. Some of them will have to leave. One of them maybe even in January, but probably two of them in the summer. And I'm thinking that first two players to leave will be Ziyech and Hudson Odai, the two players that started the game against Manchester United. Because they invested too much in Kai Havertz, they paid too much for him. They have Mason Mount, but he's leader of that team. I think he will stay there for next few years. And Hudson Odoi was talking about leaving over the last few seasons. It just never happened with his injury and everything. So maybe next summer will be the time for him to leave. Chelsea also played against Watford. They won, but we cannot say that was the easy game because they struggled. Watford tried pressuring their defense a lot, they lost few balls, they even conceded, and we know that they don't concede a lot of goals, so that was a bit of a surprise, but they managed to get three points at the end. The Manchester United's second game of the week was against Arsenal, and we can see that was kind of a crazy game. Emil Spitro scored while the half was laying on the ground, but there wasn't foul on there or anything, because Fred was actually the player that stepped on his leg and we also had kind of two similar goals where both Ronaldo and Martin Odegaard scored from the middle after the low pass from the wing. Harry Maguire was back in the squad and I want to mention that I still didn't like how he played even with the Carrick and if I was their manager he would be one of the first players that goes to the bench. He takes unnecessary risks, he keeps the ball for too long, even when he joins the attack, when he plays as defensive midfield player, basically, he's taking some unnecessary shoots to the goal and losing the ball. Sancho and Rashford changed the sides a few times, but I don't think that brought anything, anything special to the United, because Sancho is 
not as good on left wing as he is on the right. And we can see that Rashford is managing a bit better when he plays both on the left or the right, but Sancho cannot do it. But now with Ragnik in the team, I'm wondering what will happen to the Greenwood, Van de Beek and Pogba. Greenwood obviously wasn't in the plans over the last three games, he didn't play at all. And I'm feeling sorry for him right now because he is so talented and young. He's he scored so many goals over the last two or three seasons. So he will have to play. They just have to find the right rotation for him. Depends on the opponent if Sancho or Greenwood are a better option. I think that's how I would do it. And when the big starts the game against Villarreal, but Bruno will remain as the first option for that position. So when the big might even leave in this January. And Pogba is the third player that I'm wondering about, and he wasn't eager about staying even before Ragnik came, and now I don't think that's gonna happen at all. He's leaving for sure, but just the difference will be if he leaves in January for some money, or will he stay, stay longer and leave for free next June. Arsenal lost against United, and I don't think they decided on the right way to play against them. Because United had most of the possession, and when you look at their team, they're playing with Fred and McTominay in the middle. And I get that they will try to destroy a few of your actions, but they cannot be the one holding the ball. They cannot be the one organizing everything, and you ju you just standing there and watching them. But there's the issue for the Arsenal. They don't have the players that can keep the ball for too long either. Because Martin is playing as that number 10 and he is not moving a lot. Because I would want him to be both a central midfield player to go and run to the wings, help them and move as much as possible. And Martin is just staying central behind Aubameyang. And some, uh, sometimes he goes a bit to the right and helps. In this case, Martinelli. And behind him are Elneny and Party, And none of them is good under pressure. Because when they get the ball, they will either pass it as soon as possible or lose it. Maybe in Party's case, he will try to go in some unnecessary dribbling and create something for himself but that usually doesn't go that well. But maybe the bigger issue at the moment for them is that they don't have a striker. Aubameyang is not in good form at all. He's not moving enough, he's not getting into chances. Even when he, when he gets the ball in and has good opportunity, he is too slow, his decision making is really bad and he wastes most of the opportunities, both for himself and for his teammates. Their second option in the attack is Lacazette, but he is not even playing as a striker anymore. He is playing behind the striker. He is basically offensive midfield players. He is competing against Martin Odegaard for that position. And in this, in this game, one of their best players so far this season, Emil Smith-Rowe, didn't play well. He has some issues when he plays a bit wider. He 
is not that fast, so he cannot create too much opportunity from the wing. He plays much better when he cuts inside and goes behind the striker and creates something. Steven Gerrard is shortlisted for the manager of the month in the Premier League, but it was too much to ask from him to win against Manchester City during this week. We can see some new things that he is trying to do with this Aston Villa team. He wants to play similarly to Manchester City. He starts a reaction from goalkeeper. He basically keeps the ball for a bit, looks for opportunities either with his central backs or midfield players. But the problem is when you don't have players like Manchester City does, you cannot do that as easily. And that creates problems because Manchester City basically took every ball from them if they wanted to just when they pressured a bit higher. And in the first 20 minutes of the game, Aston Villa couldn't keep the ball for a second. Manchester City kept trying to score as many goals as they could in the first 20 minutes. After that, Villa did play better, but still the first half was terrible for them. They got their way in the second half, but Bailey is not playing good. We can see that he came from Bundesliga. He likes to keep the ball for too long. He is not getting rid of the ball when he has to. And there's a few situations where he led the counter attack. And instead of choosing to pass the ball, he tried doing everything by himself and losing few possessions. And in the end, he got injured and he had to leave the game. But overall, their counter-attacks look better. And I want to see when Chaora recovers from the injury, will he get more chance to play and how will the team look like if he plays on the right wing. Right now, Benduya is the main player in the team. And I think that he has to move more because... Everybody expects something from him. He is the one that will create most of the chances. So if you stick to one position, maybe playing with behind Oli Watkins, you're tying your own hands. He has to move from side to side. He has to play on both wings as well as the offensive midfield player position. So the opponents cannot keep track of him. So he as the more he moves, the more he will create. Now they bought Ings before the start of this season. And he had good season in Southampton, so they decided to play both him and Oli Watkins. And I don't see that as a long-term solution, because you have few of those younger, talented wingers, and you're keeping them on the bench and forcing Wendia to play behind two of them so he cannot get in the box and maybe score himself he is there just to create and nothing else so Gerard will probably have to make hard decision and decide which one of them will play probably Watkins is better solution because he is younger he is long-term solution he had decent last season he started 
kind of good in this season as well. He's not scoring as much, but he is creating for the other players. He is, is good for the team. They will probably have to work a bit more on their fitness because they showed us what they can do in the second half against City. They started playing more aggressively and they created a lot of chances and ended up scoring. Now when we talk about Manchester City, they are playing in great form, but the biggest problem for them is rotation. They don't look like they have enough players in most of the positions because they didn't couldn't count on Foden, Grealish, De Bruyne, Gundogan and Stones or Laporte for the game against Aston Villa and it shows. Since it looks like Ferran Torres will leave team for sure and he is going to Barcelona, I don't think that's a good decision from their management. But because he is not playing, they are not trying to waste his time there, they are letting him leave. And they are not even forcing Barcelona to pay as much as I would in their position. And Sterling might be one of the players that leave as well. Maybe not in January, but next summer for sure. I would take that money and reinvest it. They desperately need striker and they need midfield player. Because De Bruyne is injured most of the time. They have Gundogan and he is getting older and older. Fernandinho is not even an option anymore. So basically their two longer term solutions are Rodri and Bernardo Silva and we'll see what will happen with Bernardo once everyone recovers and starts playing because he was the best one of the best players so far in the season. If Guardiola kind of doesn't care about that and he brings back the team where Gundo, De Bruyne and Rodri play, I will hate that from him. We can see how much confidence Bernardo gained so far in the season. That goal was beautiful. He didn't even wait for the ball to drop. He didn't want to control it or anything. He just went straight for it and scored. They also play against West Ham uh, during the weekend. And that was even bigger win for them because West Ham is a good team. But the conditions they played in were terrible. They managed to score early and basically tried to kill the rest of the game just so they can win and not get any more injuries during that game. And the perfect example of how Guardiola strives for perfection is uh, when Lanzini scored. He scored in the last few seconds of the game. That didn't have any impact on, on the game. They were leading with two goal difference at the moment. But Guardiola was so angry and frustrated when they conceded that goal, even though the game ended like 10 seconds after that. Tottenham also looked a bit better uh, during this game. They won against Brentford. I feel like Kane and Son finally started moving and creating something in this season. Uh, Ragellon and Hoiberg look like they are fitting in perfectly in this system that Conte likes to use. Conte was even saying that he is satisfied with Skip and how he is playing, even though he is young and he can improve much more. So basically, Conte can kind of work with this team 
we will just have to work on their defense and bring some of the new players there. But I, what I want to see in this, this Tottenham is, uh, I want to see them play like Conte played with, with Inter. I want them uh, to play with three midfield players and two in front. So basically, Lucas Moura would lose his place in the team, but Son and, and Harry Kane would be more central. Kane can focus more on scoring and less on creating chances. And even if he creates, he would do that directly to the sun. Well, the ball would go through the middle, not on the side. And the third player I would put in the middle would probably be Andombele. But they maybe can even go for something new. They can sell La Salsa, Ali and Andombele and bring somebody more reliable that will play more consistently. So basically I would line that up like that. Skip and Hoiberg with Andombele in front of them and in the attack Son and Kane. And now I want to talk about a team that I hated from the beginning of the season, and that's Everton. They lost two games in the last seven days, but when we look at the bigger bigger picture, they didn't want many points in the last two months. I would say since the beginning of the season that they are not looking good. But they are not even satisfied with their manager, so games against Arsenal can be a deciding one for his job. They don't have a good team, and the way they play is not complementing them. They have weak defensive players, so they cannot assume that they will defend well for the most of the game until they get opportunity for the counter-attack. And now there is even talk about Calvert-Lewin going to the Arsenal, and if that happens, that will be the end of that team. 